This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we're only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest starting March 15th. That's right. I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is a place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Save up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE. That's all one word for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Raider Nation, what is going on? Coming to you with episode 81. I'm going to make this one pretty short and simple. The layout right now, I'm just going to take the layout, my, my normal setup, my normal template, whatever I give you, my announcements, my little rundown. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to throw it out the window. You know, we're, we're not going to beat around the bush today. We're just going to jump right into this. So joining me this week, a very familiar name, a very familiar player, um, a guy that I think was very well-liked. Among Raider Nation, a very short time, a very underappreciated player throughout his NFL career. So I'm going to take this short break already. See, guys, a little short break. I'm going to throw a little curveball in your plans. And uh, when we come back, joining me is going to be special guest Raiders linebacker Will Compton. Joining me now, the last guy to wear the green dot on defense for the Oakland Raiders, who's tallied over 300 tackles, one sack, two forced fumbles, and three interceptions in his NFL career, also host of the Bussin' with the Boys podcast, our guy, linebacker number 51, Will Compton. What is up, dude? Man, the boy. Thanks for having me on, bro. I'm uh, 
Yeah, I was, I was fired up you reading those stats up, especially the bus with the boys. Hey, man, you came in, you, you, you played your heart out, bro. It's it's good stuff. We've had a couple uh, veteran linebackers in recent years come in and play well, and you, you don't always get that from a guy that, you know, wasn't on the team originally week one. Um, so it's good to see you, man, come in and contribute and uh, fire the fans up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was a it was a whirlwind coming. You know, you go from basically tailgating and building the brand with busting with the boys. We were at like t- Tennessee Titan tailgates, like blowing that up. <laughs> to the next week, um, I was actually I was actually giving myself a timeline to potentially you know hang them up and retire if nobody called in the next couple of weeks. She's oh, a freaking uh, the Raiders calling, and then you know you're out on you're out there on the plane, you're doing the tryout, you're doing that whole thing, and kind of sitting and waiting to see what they're doing, and then they sign you, and then you're literally like starting in base personnel that that same week. So it was uh it was crazy, man. But I, I loved every minute of it. Life comes at you fast, man. I love it. Now, like you said, you're talking about your podcast a little bit, and actually, man, it's it's more than a freaking podcast. That sucker. <laughs> That is a heck of a setup, man. I mean, that is that is nuts. I've never seen such a thing. And when are, you know, I kind of knew about the podcast, and I'd catch video clips, and I'd see you guys every once in a while. Um, but whenever you came over, I'm like, man, I was all, is that Will Compton from Bussing with the Boys? I'm like, dude, this guy's got the freaking. I was like, what's he doing playing football? I'd be sitting in that bus, just, I mean, recording, man. Uh, tell me a little bit about the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've wanted to do, you know, I've wanted to like do a podcast for a few years now. It kind of started when I was on the Redskins because I just love podcasting, like you know, Joe Rogan, Ben Greenfield, Chris D'Elia, Fighter and the Kid. You know, kind of been love listening to podcasts all the time, YouTube videos, all that inspiration and motivational stuff. And you know, I w- I've always been a guy that like um, I'm in the locker room and you're always having these conversations, whether you're in the cold, whether you're in the tubs, whether you're on the field, like no matter where it is, you're just always having these insightful conversations, whether you're in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and you, I'm just thinking like, man, there's nobody out there like having these conversations. Like there's no athletes yeah. out there having these conversations where you get all this, um, you know, insight, this dialogue that I think it'd be cool to do it. And I never pulled the trigger on it until probably toward the end of the, my Titan season when I was kind of a depth guy, special teams, I had more time to think about it. I'm like, Hey, you know, you're getting older. Um, you know, you don't know what free agency is going to look like next year. Like, I better start to figure out a transition. And so Taylor was like, yo, I'll go all in with you on this podcast because I just decided in December, like, hey, I'm going to start putting it together this offseason. He was like, wait for me to get back. I waited. Um, we found that we found that bus. He wanted <laughs> to buy the bus. I did not. And, um, you know, we made it work, man. And it's kind of like, you know, we were kind of trying to build this brand, being for the boys, busting with the boys, and kind of be a platform for, you know, guys to – you know, we can we can kind of control our narrative a little more, and you have all these insightful conversations because guys will sit on the bus with you and talk with you because you know you're somebody who plays and gets it, and um, you get to have these conversations. And you know, we let everybody know that we we cut out anything that wants to cut out and let guys rip away. But we have fun, man, and uh, you know, we're really trying to build this thing and grow this thing. And you know, as much as I'd like to hang it up and just go all in on podcasting, it's kind of it's kind of fun to be able to juggle both things. And know that, like, you know, I can do it. I can, mm-hmm. you know, be successful in both. And, you know, when I played well for the Raiders there at the end of the year, it was kind of like awesome, awesome validation because, like, yo, you can, you can kind of do both of these things and be successful at both. And it's kind of a badass thing because people kind of, people kind of root for you because you kind of say whatever you want on the mic. And yeah. then you go out and you're for the boys on Sundays. And it's just, uh, we've been fortunate, man. And we're fired up about the direction it's going. That's good stuff. Now, does that I got Does that bus move? Does it drive? 
the bus does not move. We had it in the shop for like two months at the end of the year. Like when I had left for Oakland, it had just went and got in the shop and we were going to get it mobile so we can kind of go wherever we wanted to go. And yeah. uh, because based on the tailgates and everything else, we would just get it towed. We'd pay for towing and get it towed wherever. But uh, there's a lot of parts that became obsolete that the mechanic was looking mm. for because it's like a, I think it's like a 78 Bluebird. And uh, p- parts are like obsolete, so you can't find certain things for it because so many things are rusted out. And it would cost about 70 grand to put it on like a fire truck chassis for it to run and fully function. And so when we heard the $70,000, we were like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to do that. We'll just set it. We'll just set it still. And uh, if we go somewhere, like we're actually going to L.A. toward the end of March. And um, we're going to Barstool. They're helping us out getting this RV. We're going to deck it out and stuff and kind of go after guests that way. But if we travel yeah. anywhere, we'll kind of do it. We'll kind of go about it that way instead of taking the bus. So will the boys be in uh, Vegas for the draft? Possibly. I know uh, Barstool, actually, they brought that up to us. And so it, it's tough because Taylor, he's a, um, he'll train in Arizona. I train here in Nashville. Um, and it's just aligning everybody's schedule and doing those things. Uh, but it has. It just came up the other day to potentially be in Vegas for the draft. So possibly. Talk back, back to, let's talk some football, man. Let's, um, uh, that's crazy. Actually, I, I was hoping that that bus moved, but, uh, yeah, $70,000. You guys are better off just buying a freaking uh, Mercedes Sprinter at that point. Right. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You can almost <laughs> just buy something nice and comfortable and everything else instead of putting 70 grand into that, uh, busted, into that beautiful bus. My fault, not busted. But, uh, yeah, man. But hey, if you're listening, hey, subscribe, rate five stars, leave a funny review. Hey, exactly. Exactly. Support the boys. <laughs> um, uh, talking about the NFL offseason now. NFL Combine right now just wrapped up. Did you happen to catch any of it, and did anybody catch your eye? You're a linebacker, so I'm sure you probably, if you watched, caught some linebackers. Uh, I watched some of it. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a Combine guy myself. Shout out to guys that didn't go to the Combine. There but uh, I watched some of it. I saw that uh, – who's that linebacker? What's his name? Is it Isaiah? Isaiah Simmons. He ran like a 4-3-9, whatever that was. Simmons. Yeah, that dude seems like a freak, dude. Um, but yeah, I, I watched some of it, but not a whole lot, man. And my off season has been, it, it gets, it's been a lot busier now that we've, uh, got this whole podcast brand thing going yeah. on and I'm, I'm in other stuff. So I've actually stayed pretty busy throughout my days once training is over with. Uh, but yeah, watching the combine, um, Isaiah Simmons, that was a cat that kind of, that definitely stood out from the linebacker position. Will, man, I love it. Now I'm going to have to pause you for a second. We're not even halfway into this. We have, we have a lot more to go. Um, but I got a quick break for the listeners provided by Blue Wire. We'll be right back. Ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and baggy? That's because they are never meant to be worn that way. Untucked shirts were specifically designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, their shirts are the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't just take my word for it, try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. There we go. So now talking, you said... You know, you weren't invited to the combine. I was not. Which mad respect. I love an underdog story. Now, now talk to me about then the off season whenever you entered the NFL. Because you know, I mean, 
as much as you can remember, old guy, I'm sure, you know, that was a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> from, from undrafted to an NFL starter, tell me about it. Yeah. So, you know, played at the university of Nebraska, shout out to black shirts. Um, you know, I wasn't a combine invite and I was definitely salty when I wasn't invited to the combine, thought I had a good senior year. Um, you know, all that fun stuff. And it was, it sucked that I get, didn't get invited to the combine, but you know, the sun's going to rise the next day and you either, you either piss and moan about it or you do something about it. So yeah. the next best thing is preparing for the pro day. And, um, it was crazy because I actually had a sport hernia as I was training. So I had a tear in my groin. I mean, it's where you're like, uh, it's where you're like core meets your groin. That's where, how you get a sports hernia for anybody listening. And, um, so I couldn't squat, I couldn't squat heavy and I couldn't do speed workouts at full speed. I had to do at like 60, 70% kind of depending on how I felt that day. Um, I had to get cortisone injections probably once a week. Uh, yeah, ultimately you get older and you find out that cortisone is not the best thing to put in your body all the time. <laughs> but when you're young brainwashed and chasing a dream, you'll do pretty much whatever it takes to get to the next level. And, um, Fortunately, I was somebody that was a big believer in sports psychology. So um, I basically, all I had to lean on was like, you know, my nutrition, working out as much as I could, as much as I could handle without squatting and getting your lower body stronger, which is what you ultimately need to run a fast, you know, fast 40. Because I was, scouts would project me at like 485, I believe, you know, obviously sleeping on the white underdog, which I get. Um, And I really leaned on it sports psychology heavy so visualization self-affirmations writing shit down like fully believing it regardless of whatever anybody else tells you um i'm talking training like i would be sitting at home and you know you're basically thinking yourself as like meditating you're trying to like um see the scouts at the end of the 40 line i'm trying to like feel the turf under my hands like fingers like i'm trying to run this 40 a billion times before i run it on pro day because that's all I have to lean on. I'm very frustrated that I can't like open up and run and train hard because yeah. I have a sport hernia. And I basically get to pro day and I had goals written down for myself. I'm, I'm going to run a four five, nine, which if I'm telling people that publicly, people are probably laughing and blah, blah, blah. But me, I'm like brainwashing myself. Right. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to hit the goal four five, nine forty. I'm going to run a four, like one shuttle. I'm going to bench, you know, bench I was able to work out the whole time it's like I'm gonna bench I'm gonna hit 20 something reps whatever number I got I'm doing all these things to basically like just be to myself and just like fully buy into what I'm telling myself and it's crazy because that was kind of the validation I needed for in from a sports psychology standpoint because I get to the day of the pro day and you know I had my quarter zone you like I'm doing the toward all stuff. I'm doing everything to not feel pain because I'm going to have to let it out. And if I tear everything that day, I'm going to do it while I'm in pro day. Oh, and the boy runs a freaking four, five, four electronic. I kill pro day. Fought, you know, I'm on, I'm on cloud nine, dude. I have a sit down with the Bengals. It's funny. It is hilarious because shout out coach, uh, lifting coach lip. He was a, He's a linebackers coach for the Raiders this year for me. Okay. He was there at my pro day and working me out as like a uh, um, like a quality control guy or just somebody low lower on the totem pole at that time in the Bengals organization. And he was the one guy who pulled me in and had meetings with me. And I, once I got to Oakland, I was like, "Yo, do you remember? Do you remember sitting with me?" He's like, "I didn't think you'd remember that." And I was like, "Hell yeah, I remember that. You guys are the only one that wanted to like work me out and had me on a visit." That's dope. And. Uh, it's just funny how that shit works out, man. But I'm on cloud nine thinking like everybody's talking about how I help my draft stock and I'm this and that. And you kind of, I'm obsessed with like, you know, looking at where I'm at, where I might be rated. It says I'm like fifth round of priority free agent. I'm feeling good about getting drafted. Draft comes. 
um, don't get drafted. And I'm low-key, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm like self-doubt creeps in your mind like it always does with everybody, with every athlete out there. And um, Washington Redskins, it kind of happens fast. Like they're like, who do you like? It's like out of Chicago, Tampa Bay, and Washington. And I kind of like Tampa a little more because my boy Levante David was out there. And I, I would have loved to have played with him again. But my agent calls out, you're a Washington Redskins sign, signing bonus for like 5000 bucks, something, you know, really small in that draft game. And get out there. I'm, I'm jersey number 46, uh, same number as Alfred Morris, who's a pro bowler at the time, coming off a pro bowl year. <laughs> and so you're kind of sitting there like, fuck, I'm not going to – oh, is it okay to cuss on here? Yeah, let it let it rip, man. <laughs> All right, cool. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm not going to – I'm probably not going to make the team because I'm wearing the same jersey as Alfred Morris. And, uh, you know, I was like seventh out of seven on linebackers, the depth chart. So there was like another undrafted cat, Jeremy Kimbrough. Shout out Kimbrough. He was ahead of me on the depth chart. And uh, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, who, who knows how long I'm even going to last that year. You go through OTAs, I probably had about a total of like five reps. Yeah. You know, but I'm fully bought in. You know, I'm sitting with my mentor and I'm like, hey, there's 32 other teams that are out there. Like maybe preseason happens and I can, I'll be showing up for 32 other teams. And he's like, or 31 other teams. And he's like, you know, you're already, you're already selling yourself short. Like you have to go all in. You have to tell yourself, you know, my new affirmation and writing goes down was, I am a linebacker with the Washington Redskins. And, you know, I'm just constantly sports psychology, like leaning on all that stuff heavy. And, you know, I make the practice squad that year. Um, I had a big game, like uh, Keenan Robinson Torres Peck the first day of training camp. So I went from four string on the depth chart where four string guys didn't even get any reps. I got maybe one or two a, a day. And Keenan Robinson tears his peck first day of training camp. So I immediately go up to third string. So I'm getting a few more reps and I'm game planning my offense. Like it's the whole summer I was game planning my offense from OTAs. I'm breaking down their film, seeing how coach Shanahan, their, his offense is running because the few reps I get, I want to be loud. I want to be vocal. I want to communicate. That was kind yeah. of my, you know, that's kind of my niche. It still is known for IQ, vocalize, all that shit. And uh, so, you know, I performed really well. Um, those reps I did get. Then the, the undrafted cat, Jeremy Kimbrough, ahead of me, he goes down with a hamstring, so I'm running with the twos. And fortunately, you know, when your opportunity comes, you better be ready for it. That's kind of yeah. a whole mindset. Like, anytime I talk to an undrafted cat or guys who are kind of at the bottom of the depth chart, like, hey, injuries are going to happen because the NFL injury rate is 100%, and you're going to get thrown into the fire, and you better be ready to go. Fortunately, the board is ready to go, and that next practice, I had, like, two picks, and Shanahan identifies me. He's like, yo, I'm going to have to call you Mr. INT. And I'm like, you know, stoked. I'm calling my dad, like, fired up. I get to play in the preseason. as like the second stringer. I ultimately, like, lead our team in tackles in the preseason. I make the practice squad going into my rookie year for the Redskins. And I'm stoked. Let's go. <laughs> it, yeah. And then the next year, you know, I make the team outright as a special teams cat. And I think I get to start five games. And the last three games of the year, I basically got to go on a stint kind of similar with, that I was with the Raiders this year. I got my opportunity because somebody went down. And um, those last three games, I like, led the league in tackles and just for those three games. And um, my coaches were really high on me. They're like, hey, you know, you're not going to be prettier than everybody else out there. You're not going to be the most athletic. You're not going to look the best in shorts and a helmet. Like when it comes for, you know, fantasy draft, that's what they call like the combine. That's what they call like the new – you know, when you're, they call it the fantasy draft and you're going out and drafting guys and getting free agents. Like yeah. you're not going to look the prettiest out there on the field, but you're a better football player and we expect you to win the job the next year. The next year I started off with the injury. Uh, I started off with like a groin injury 
And uh, so I didn't get to kind of compete in preseason like they wanted me to, but I got an opportunity to start and take over in like week eight of the season. And then I had a hell of a game and then I had a hell of a next week when the guy was injured. Um, and then when the starter came back, they kind of, it was kind of like, Hey, uh, I, we're going to roll with Will. And so I got to start the rest of that year. Uh, and that, that's kind of where the next year I was voted captain starter all year. And that's kind of where I made my hay man. And, uh, you know, I was with the Redskins and then I came to the Titans and that's kind of been my journey, bro. I know. I don't know if that's the, the version you wanted. Uh, no, it is, man. Long, too short, no, but that's, no, bro. That's I just wanted to hear that passion. And, you know, honestly, it kind of flipped a trigger for me. Because as a fan, you know, I'm in the neck of it. I, I hear everything that players see, and you guys, you put all that into it, right? You're, you're sacrificing your body, like you said. I mean, you're injecting everything into yourself just to be able to go out there and compete and train and just get into the NFL, right? You work hard. Obviously, I mean, you still face diversity by even getting into the NFL. You go through all that oh. just for Johnny in Section 312, you know, to tell you you suck on Twitter all the time. It, it, oh, it almost drives me nuts, man. Like, I, I don't know how, as athletes, how do you deal with that? Oh, uh, well, it's, it's funny you ask. You know, when I became when I became the captain starter, it was like, it was crazy. It's kind of like this year on the Raiders reminded me of my come up with the Redskins. And what I mean by that is, like, when I was starting those last year games and kind of led the league as, like, a second-year guy, and everybody's like, who, you know, who's Will Compton? Like, the dude, you know, he makes plays, like, I don't care if he was undrafted or not, he makes plays. And then the next year when I started those last 10 games, I had like 100 tackles in those 10 games. And everybody's fired up because we turned the year around and made the playoffs after they made – like Kirk Cousins, he had that you like that game. And yeah, we yeah, came yeah, back, yeah. Yeah, we came back from like a 21-24 point deficit. And uh, once they made the switch with me too, like the Redskins, we played our balls off and made the playoffs. And everybody thought like, you know, they're like, everybody's high on you, right? It's like, oh, you know – for me personally, it was like, oh, Will's this, he's that. And then the next year, you know, I'm starting all year and captain. And that's kind of the year where people start to, when you're not having the best year, it's up and down. People just chirp the shit out of you on social media. And, you know, you kind of drink your Kool-Aid for a second. And that was the kind of learning, learning curve year with social media for me. Because I remember it was like Thanksgiving Day and we played the Cowboys. And uh, I missed like two tackles in a row in Ezekiel. I missed the first one. Definitely shouldn't have. And I was kind of like sitting there like, like, oh, you know, try to shake it off. But I'm sitting there thinking like, I bet people are crushing me on Twitter right now. And when I was on the sideline thinking that, that's when I realized, yo, you've gotten away from what you know. You've gotten away from uh, all the stuff you believe with mental psychology and guarding your mind. You've now let people in and that now they've influenced me to the point to where I'm worried about what people are saying about me while I'm in the middle of a game. That's why I know that's why I knew I had gone too far with myself on social media um and then that next year you know i didn't really have the opportunity to continue to play i came i went into training camp as a starter but zach brown he was a he was coming off a pro bowl year and kind of fell to the redskins the redskins were able to offer him and get him on the roster cheaper than he wanted he kind of fell to us in free agency and so i kind of you know whatever story i want to tell myself whatever whatever i believe or not he got the job over me and um i kind of had to sit that year as a backup and you know Redskins Twitter would just, you know, crucify me. And I'd, you'd sit and watch it and kind of, at that point, I didn't give a shit. I just wanted to kind of prove myself again. Cause I knew I could play well. Yeah. Um, and you kind of just want to get back out there and, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to get back on the field. And then I think Mason Foster went on IR. This was in 2017 and, uh, Mason, I went on IR. So I had got my opportunity to play again. I played in Seattle and honestly I had the best game of my career. I had like 10 tackles, a pick, 
And it was kind of like, I like what I like to call like a middle finger game. Like you had known, like you prepare, you get your shot again and you, you play so well and everybody's like, Oh, you know, will this and everybody's fired up and Hey, you got the keys again, man. And like you're running the defense again. And the coach is kind of like, you know, got back behind me. Right. And, um, the next week we played the Vikings and I blew my foot out and had a Liz Frank injury. And that I would me the rest of the year, which I was bummed about. Cause it was like, yo, I'm going to ball again. Like I'm going to, I'm going to play well. And it's, you know, I'm going to show everybody. I'm, I'm going to prove to myself again that, you know, I belong here and this is my spot. Going to free agency on IR. And then that's when uh, the Titans offered me a deal, a one year deal. Um, and it was kind of a deal where it's like, Hey, you're going to compete for a starting role. And I felt really good about it. And, um, because I think it was like, it was one year for 2 million. So nothing that's like, Hey, you're a guaranteed starter, but also not like, but also money like, Hey, you're going to, you're coming in here to compete. You're not a one year yeah. minimum guy. And then I remember sitting at the bar on uh, draft night, we drafted Rashawn Evans in the first round. And when we had traded up and drafted Rashawn in the first round, you know, I already knew what time it was because that's just, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, you know, this guy, this is going to be his role. And you know, whether I felt like it should have been mine or not, like Rashawn's a, he's a hell of a player and you knew they were going to play him. Cause that's just how it works in the game in this league. Uh, it's a young man's game. So, you know, help Rashawn out as much as I can, you know, sit behind him. I'm second behind him and try to play my role, you know, be a mentor, be for the boys, like bring energy every day, have that enthusiasm in the locker room, build a lot of great relationships and friendships with the Titans. Pretty crazy how close I got with that team in just one year. And so, you know, you're kind of waiting on your opportunity to play again. Nobody gets injured or hurt, really. So I don't get my opportunities. So I, you know, go back into free agency as a special teams depth guy this past year in 2019. And my thought was, I'm going to skip OTAs and I'm going to skip as much as I can because I know how I'm going to get looked at and perceived kind of objectively, no matter if I think I'm a baller or not. Like, that's in yeah. my own head. How are, how are teams going to see me? They're going to see me as a depth a special teams guy you know, I'm getting older, I'm not getting any younger, and a guy that's locker room has all the intangibles, like very smart, every coach basically knows me at this point, like, I can plug and play, he's great, he's a great insurance policy. So it's kind of like I knew I was going to get offered a one-year minimum deal, so I was going to skip all OTAs, work on this pod, work on other stuff, save my body, because you only have, you only have so much, you only only have so much tread on the tire. Um, Like, Raiders are one of them, there's like seven teams that wanted me to try out during OTAs and sign me to a a futures deal or sign me to like, you know, go on 90 man roster. Yeah. And we basically, you know, told everybody, no training camp started guys. Want to meet team. A few teams want to be coming right before training camp. We said no. And then it was like, Hey, I knew, I knew somebody was going to get hurt and I would get on a roster going into opening day uh, because I knew I could learn a playbook fast. And I knew like I had been training. It's like, somebody's going to go down and give me an opportunity. Well, that was the saints. Um, in preseason week three, I think I flew in, uh, two days before a game, preseason game three, and get in. You know, I don't take any practice reps. I'm kind of doing with the walkthrough, trying to get me up to speed. I'm studying my ass off. We're in training camp, right? And uh, we go to preseason game three. It's the night before, and they're like, hey, would you want to go out there and play? You seem like you're picking everything up pretty well. I'm like, yeah, man, let me, you know, let me get out there. Let me get out there. Just throw me in the fire. Because I'm thinking in my head, yo, I got nothing to lose. Like, I have yeah. absolutely zero to lose. Like, I've just been training. I'm ready to go. I can pick this shit up. I can, you know, I can do this thing. Get out there preseason game three. They throw me in the fourth quarter. I make, you know, a few good plays, a good, uh, you know, a good open field, two-minute drill tackle. They're fired up about me going into the preseason game four because I want to say Alex Anzalone, he was injured going into the opener. And they kind of needed a Mike Backer in base to kind of 
be an insurance policy and kind of be depth, you know, be depth on the roster. And I was like, you know, this is going to work out exactly how I wanted it to go to preseason game four, make a good, I had a, a an awesome, um, TFL that I was fired up about. I kind of blow through the tackle, take on the fullback and make a play in the backfield. And the left tackle that I went through falls on my ankle and it oh. popped. And I, it was a low ankle sprain, nothing serious, but I knew right when it popped, I was like, uh, oh, this is going to be a uh, injury settlement. Like, cause they need a backer going into week one. Yeah. Sure enough, they bring me up and it's like, man, there's literally nothing you've done. Like everyone's fired up about you. And like, you know, you were going to be, you know, one of the guys going into opening day. And uh, it's literally only because of your ankle. They ended up trading for Kiko Alonso. We figured out an injury settlement with me. It's back to Nashville, back to rehabbing. And while I was rehabbing, you know, my agent calls, like, everybody's calling and asking about you because I just in those, you know, little minutes I got performed well. Um, I'm in shape, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it, it, everything will be fine. So we're going through, you know, first part of the season. Some teams checking on me. I want to say the Oak, the Raiders reached out. Um, it's funny too because when they had reached out the first time, uh, I was like, you know, you can get a hold of my agent. Would it would it would it help if I sent you my Gruden Grinder shirt as a picture to remind you that I can still play? <laughs> you know, we laughed, whatever. But anyway, the Raiders call. That's when the Raiders called, like week whatever it was, week eight, nine, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And now, and then you know the rest is. You know the rest. Yeah, man. Hey, that's dude, the, I, I appreciate score. it. I try giving you everything, bro. Hey, that's you're every, making that's it. I'm everything in the shortest version I can. Dude, that is too – you're making it way too easy on me. I, I sat here. I have all these notes down, <laughs> and all I needed to write was just like, tell me your story, and you would have just gave it to me all, man. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, hey, man, man the, good, the beauty of it is I have a podcast too, so I know what you're – you know you know what you want out of guys. And it's like, hey, you got to give them the goods, bro. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, one thing I want to know just a little bit more now about our team. Uh, that's kind of where your story's ending now. Uh, I, for one, of course, you know, you talk to John Gruden. I love that. The the Gruden grinder shirt, man. But uh, I, for one, love Mike Mayock. He, you know, he came in with the same mentality as John. You know, they want high character guys. And, and I can tell why they freaking signed you, man. Um, you know, you got a lot of passion here and you're just, I, I, you love football flat out. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And uh, how do you think that Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing with the locker room culture now uh, for the Raiders. Of course, what you saw at the end of the Oakland era. I mean, they bring a lot of energy, man. They, 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 they do really well with the culture of everything. Like John, he's very transparent with everybody. He brings juice. He understands, he understands the timing of when to give certain speeches, when to, when to advise things like they just bring energy. Uh, uh, Mayock, he's around all the time. Uh, which you don't see a lot of with uh, GMs. I know John Robinson, he was with the Titans, and that was something that, you know, they, they sit in meetings, they're around, they're around the pulse of the locker room, which you don't, which is rare, uh, given the few teams I've been on. Uh, but, you know, it's, it was fun playing for him, dude. It was, uh, you know, Coach Gruden, you know, we've had our couple stories. It helped me because uh, Jay, obviously, is his brother, and I played for Jay all those years. Oh, there you the go. Jay was a big plug for me um, on giving those coaches confidence to bring me in because Jay, one of Jay's best friends is coach Gunther. Um, you know, all of them pretty much knew me. Like I sat with Gunther, like I said, my only visit in the pre-draft process was, was with the Bengals. So I sat with coach Gunther when he was the linebackers coach at the mm. Bengals. So you kind of have all these connections to where you kind of feel like, you know, you feel as comfortable as you can going into a new team, a new environment. Coach Gruden, the first time I saw him, He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're here, man, and this and that. And I was like, hey, Jay hit me up. He wanted to know if he can get an intern job since he just got fired from the Skins. 
we're laughing with each other and stuff. But it was just, it was easy. It was an easy transition. You know, they're giving me walkthroughs. Like, hey, we're doing this walkthrough. Make sure you, we got Will Compton. We got, you know, these guys that just came in. He introduces and treats everybody that's brand new. He makes it a point that like, hey, everybody, get your arm around them. You know, bring them along. We got to fast track these guys. Everybody yeah. that came in, dude, that he's got a little highlight reel that he shows the guys to kind of introduce everybody. And he's just very big on like, hey, every meeting at the end of it, hey, our new guys get, you know, plug them in, get them going, make them feel comfortable. He's just very like, it, he does a really good job. And, uh, you know, I was stoked. I was stoked to be there that first week. It's just like, hey, you getting this shit down? And it's like, you know, yes, sir. Like, trust me, I'll, you know, I'll get the, I'll have this stuff ready by Sunday, blah, blah, blah. Kind of trusting each other and he's doing walkthroughs with us. Uh, but it was awesome, man. You know, my experience with uh, the Raiders is nothing but, nothing but positive. I love it. I like that little nugget you started off with, how, how Mayock's so plugged in, how he's always around the team meetings, because that's actually something I've been kind of wanting to hit on, because obviously we're super excited with what he did with the rookie class last year. Yeah. Um, and that was with, you know, not being around the team at all. You know, he's coming in basically like a rookie himself, and it's just kind of like a rookie offseason. You don't know what to expect. You're just trying to get up to speed. He'd never even, never even been a general manager. Yeah. He's got a whole year of experience under his belt. He probably knows you guys like the back of his hand, and I'm looking forward to what he brings in, in 2024, us moving to Vegas. And one thing I want to ask you, too, is obviously I can tell how you are as a teammate. You're very plugged in with everybody. Um, you understand emotions. You understand what probably each teammate's investing into this football team. Although you're only there kind of for the second half of the season, one of the hottest topics this offseason has been our quarterback, Derek Carr. What can you tell us about him as a leader in the locker room and as a player on the football field? Well, uh, number one, I'm not a quarterback, so I can't fully tell you what, how he is as a player on the football field. I know the dude juices me up with uh, the, his passion, the way he plays. As far as somebody in the locker room, it's he's part of that mold that that's exactly what you want in a guy in the locker room. He's uh, very much a leader, very much brings energy and juice all the time. Um, he, he's everything you want in that standpoint. As far as playing ball and everything, I was only there that back half of the year, yeah. and I love being around him. I know – Recently, I just I shot him a text saying, "Yo, I love the, I love the flexing you're doing on IG," and just shot him fire <laughs> emojis and stuff. And you know, we laugh and then we talk about the podcast and the whole boy thing. But uh, I, you know, I love Derek. I'm a huge fan of Derek. Um, I think he's a stud. And as far as leadership, locker room, all that stuff, he's exactly what you want. That's my guy. I love the trolling man. That was that was some good stuff right there. You gotta you gotta sometimes you gotta control this crappy media narrative sometimes man oh no question no question that's uh it sucks but you know it, you know how it is dude everybody they're wanting to write the hottest thing they want to get all the headlines like they're everybody's wanting to do you know do their thing and get their voice and get their image out there there we go one last topic we're moving to vegas and i've heard a lot of stories from x raiders you know about the rundown locker rooms in oakland you know at one point you know the weight rooms weren't that great uh I mean, college facilities at some point were probably looking better than some of the Oakland Raiders stuff. They haven't really, it hasn't really been a strong point for us at all the last 10 years. But now with the move to Vegas and we get all these fancy facilities, we get a nice brand new shiny stadium in a big old city. Uh, do you think that there's going to be an immediate impact on player performance because of those uh, things? Absolutely. I mean, when you have, when you have the facilities and when you have a team and a leadership that understands like, recovery and performance and uh you know when to give guy when to pull back when to go you know, when to go full throttle um all you need is that 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 environment around you 
to, to create that recipe for success. And I think, you know, the Raiders are doing everything they can. Like they're going to have, I mean, it's probably going to be the best facility, you know, in America when it comes to the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I can only imagine the resources and access that's going to be there once that facility gets fully put together um, because, you know, they source, you know, massage therapists, you know, rehab people, chiropractors, they, they, they resource everybody. They source everybody um, there, which is awesome to, uh, you know, get to have access to because at some places, you know, uh, you'd have to outsource, you got to outsource these people. You got to kind of do things on your own or kind of ask guys, Hey, who do you go with here? Because the person in the facility is not that good. Uh, you know, at Oakland, it was, um, it was, they shoot, they bring in everybody. So coach Gruden, coach John Gruden, he's, uh, he's on top of all that stuff. He, he completely gets the player aspect and he understands, you know, I mean, shoot, he's, he's won a Super Bowl, So he, he gets the recipe. There we go. And so I'll just end it with, are you going to be there to uh, see that upgrade? <laughs> Time will tell them. Uh, you never know. I had really good exit interviews with them. Um, you know, I played well. It's, Shoot, man, I, I've been in this. You played great. You played well. You played freaking great. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Uh, but you know, I've been in this league long enough to know that you know things just you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, you know, I know everybody's everybody's talking to each other, and uh, you know, it's uh, I'm in a good spot, and you know, I would love to be back um, playing for the Las Vegas Raiders and be part of that first season. But we'll see what happens, man. I'll, but I am. I'm fired up to uh, to play with the Raiders. And I'm fired up for, you know, this, this year coming up because I did think uh, going into this year, shoot, this might be the last year off for the boy if I didn't yeah. get an opportunity to play. And um, I knew there was a small chance I might get a shot to play. And if I did, I knew I would, you know, I knew I would have a good opportunity to take advantage. And, you know, I kind of exceeded my own expectations, but uh, I'm fired up about, about this year. There we go. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're you're at peace with no matter what happens. Um, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, whether you're you know playing in the silver and black, maybe maybe a return to Tennessee or something since you got some connections over there, um, <laughs> you or just know, you know right or riding around in your bus. So you know either way, man, I know you're gonna be taken care of. Um, and I, for all those listening right now, make sure you guys subscribe to Bustin' with the Boys if you don't already. I'm sure you do. If you don't, you're I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. But <laughs> while you're there, leave a five star rating. Leave that review. Give our boy Will um you know some love little little raider love um will man i appreciate you taking the time this afternoon it's been uh we, we worked on this man for a few months and i'm glad we're able to bust it out uh you know in good off-season form yeah i hope it's good man i hope all, i hope all your listeners really enjoy it yeah man we will man hey will you have a good time maybe we see you in 2020 all right brother thanks for having me on big 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 shout out to my guy will compton for coming on Man, we've been working on this for months. As soon as he signed with the Raiders, I loved what he brought to the table. Obviously, he, I mean, contributed big time to our defense those last three weeks. Um, we saw a big swing in production uh, for our Oakland Raiders. So, like I said, shout out. Thanks to Will Compton. Uh, that's my dude right there, man. Hopefully, we see him return it in 2020. For those of you guys still listening, I want to promote a YouTube channel real quick, actually. Dropped a video the night before. So, this would be Friday night. Dropped a video on the Raiders defense, actually, how to make the Raiders defense great again. So um, if you're into talking to this linebacker right now and really focused on the Raiders defense going into 2020, I did a full breakdown on how we can flip that defense around and make them even better um, going into Las Vegas. So thank you guys for listening in. Um, you know, hey, keep on the lookout. We're going we're gonna to keep some guests rolling in. We're going to keep some good comp- content coming through this, uh, through this podcast. We have some big things coming into Las Vegas. Uh, So stay tuned for the draft. Until next time, I'll see you guys later.